Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. Okay, Acts chapter 2, beginning in verse 41. We can put it up. It says this. Those who accepted his message, Peter's message that he just preached, they were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. 3,000 people got saved. Come on, anybody believing that Calvary's going to go that way? Come on. Anybody believing that one day we're going to fill the American Airlines arena and 3,000 people? Oh, come on. Am I talking to the right people? 3,000 people were added to their number that day in one day. It says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and in prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. And all the believers were together and they had everything. Somebody say everything. They had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. They did a heart for the house. And it says, they met everywhere in the temple courts, and they broke bread in their homes, connect groups, and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And and the Lord added to their number daily. Somebody say daily. Daily they were growing those who were being saved. That's been our base verse, but I want you to continue on to chapter 3 really quick. I'm going to read a couple more verses, and we'll talk about that, and then we'll do our Heart for the House offering. It says, one day, Peter and John, they were going up to the temple at the time of prayer. At 3 in the afternoon, now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg for those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for, for some money. And it says, Peter looked straight at him, and so did John, and Peter said, hey, Look at us. Look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. He was expecting one thing, but he was about to get a whole nother thing. It says this in verse 6. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up and instantly, somebody say instantly, The man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped up to his feet and he began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising. How many know that when God does something for you, you don't give God no cute worship? You know what I'm talking about? Some of us came in here with a cute worship today like. But when he, oh, come on. How many know you got to give God a shout of praise when he's done something? (laughs) I don't even know what that was, but. And it says, when all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to stay begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. They were filled with wonder and amazement at what had just happened to him. I want to share a message with you really quick for the next 20 minutes before we give our Heart for the House offering. This is what we've been building to. This is what we've been praying about as a community, as a church. If you're taking notes, I want to talk to you from the subject, welcome home. Welcome home. I believe it's an important topic. I I, I believe it's an important subject, and I've titled it this way because I want us to always be that kind of church that we always say, hey, welcome home. As you were driving in today, as you were coming in with your car, you noticed that in our gates and on our doors and on our floor mats, we say welcome home. We believe in that expression. We believe in that phrase. We believe that this is not just a building, but this is a family. This is actually a community. We do life together, a place where everybody belongs. Like the sign says, you belong here, and everybody can come, and it says, welcome home. Anybody love this home? Come on. I I was thinking about things that are misplaced because this week was one of the worst weeks of my life. 
it, it was just a weird week for me. This, this never happens to me uh, because I'm always the type of person that I have all, all things with me. This past week, I misplaced my wallet not once, not twice, three times. Anybody ever lose a wallet or keys? Isn't it the worst feeling in the world? Three times. And so, so this week, I was hanging a lot with Pastor Hedda. How many love Pastor Hedda? He's our Connect Group pastor. He's the one that's doing everything. It's incredible. And, and we were hanging out a lot, talking about Heart for the House, talking about Connect Groups, talking about 2018. And we work a lot together. And so we went out on Monday, I think it was, to grab some coffee. And when I walked into the coffee shop, I said, ah, man, I, I don't have my wallet with me. I'm so sorry. He's like, hey, hey. Don't worry about it, bro. I got you. I got you, man. Don't worry about it. I said, man, you're such a, such a generous person, and he paid for my coffee. And Wednesday, I think Wednesday, we went somewhere uh, for, to have a quick lunch and to talk about connect groups. And, and as I walk in, I said, bro, I'm so sorry. His feedback changed a little bit. He's like, no, don't, don't worry about it. It's just weird. And he covered my lunch. No lie, I'm serious, this is for real. Friday, <laughs> Friday we went to go get a smoothie because we're healthy now, and uh, a green smoothie, and uh, we're walking in, and as I'm walking into the smoothie place, I, I'm like, oh, this can't, this can't be real, this can't be life, like, no, this, this is, and I said, bro, I'm so sorry, I said, let's not even, like, finish walking in, let's turn around, I, I, I'm embarrassed now, like, this is, and it's funny because I'm always thinking about a friend that I had growing up that would always forget his wallet on purpose. And I'm just like, I promise I'm not that guy. I'm really not that guy. I'm never that guy. And he was like, no, don't worry about it. Like, so I owe him lunch, breakfast, dinner. I owe him everything. But what happened was <laughs> this week, I just felt like I didn't want to carry my wallet on me. Like I wanted to put, if I sit on my desk, I want to put it on my desk. Or if I'm walking around, I want to put it in my bag because it just started bothering me. Like I, I, so I started thinking of new places to put it. It didn't work. I needed it in my back pocket at all times, right? And I started thinking about things that you put somewhere where it doesn't belong. And I started thinking about humanity. I started thinking, how many people are living in a place where they don't belong? How many people are misplaced? How many people are lost? Come on, it, it just takes 30 minutes to walk around our city church and, and we can easily see hundreds, if not thousands of people that are living in a place where they don't belong. They're living misplaced. They're living ostracized. They're living set apart from the rest of this community. Some of them are lost, not just physically, but let's just talk about the people that are wandering spiritually. Come on, physically it's thousands of people, but spiritually we're not talking about millions of people. How many people are wandering? How many people are lost in their soul, in their spirit, in their mind, in their body? And they're misplaced. They're, they're, they're not where they, where they belong. That's why I love that this church, when you come in, the first thing you see it says, you belong here. You belong here. You have a place to belong. I feel like if anybody should say something and if anybody should do something, it's the church of Jesus Christ. It is our duty to go out and help those in need. What good is it if we meet on a Sunday if it has no impact Monday through Saturday? As a church, can we be the type of church that always extends a hand? Can we, can we be the type of church that always embraces with a hug? Can we be the type of church that is always on search and rescue missions to save the lost, to bring the broken home, to help the hurting, to help the sick? Oh, come on. Is anybody with me this morning? Can we be this type of church that says welcome home? I want you to know, I want you to know that if you call Calvary home, you're part of a church that is never going to grow comfortable. We're never going to grow comfortable. 
Somebody asked me this past week. They said, hey, are, are you satisfied with the church? Like, are you happy? I said, I'm content, but I'm never satisfied. How can I be satisfied? We're living in a county alone that has two point, almost six million people. 2,000 people? Come on, we're just beginning. That's the tip of the iceberg. How many more people are lost? How many more people are addicted to drugs? How many more people are taking pills every single day because they have no peace? They're wandering and they're lost. Come on, I'm never satisfied. It's our, it's our job to go out and find people. Can I get an amen? One of the core values, I said it last week and I'll say it again, one of the core values of our church is that people are the cause of our church. We're going to do what we do as a church always for people. Why, why do we do a heart for the house offering once a year? Why is this a family tradition? Why is today like a party for us? Because we love people. And we know that today, if all of us sacrifice, we'll be able to reach more people, help more people, provide for more people, shelter more people, feed more people. Oh, come on. Is anybody excited? Come on. This is the type of church that we're a part of. People. People are the cause of our church. We said last week we're going to kill the, the me mentality. We're not just going to come in here and say this is all about me. But we're never going to forget those that are lost and wandering. In fact, the mission statement of our church, if you didn't know it, is that we are bringing people to life through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Can you say that with me? Come on. Bringing people to life through the gospel. Can you say it like you had some breakfast? Come on. Bringing people to life through the gospel. It's in our hallway. You go to the hallway right now. It's out there. Bringing people to life through the God. It's our mission. It's why we exist. We want to see people that are away from God, people that are lost, people that are dead come alive in Jesus Christ. Because we know that all of us, without Jesus, we were dead. Come on. Without his grace, we were lost. Without his love, we were broken. Without his, come on, mercy, we had no hope. Bringing people to life. And we know it's through the church. One of the things that we did is we put a banner out there. On the way out, you're going to see it. It's a huge banner that says, Heart for the House, a white banner. You're going to see it. And what we want you to do is to share your story on why this house, what it means to you, what has it done for you and your family. Put it up on your Instagram. Put it up on your Facebook. Put it up on your Tinder, wherever it is. I don't care. But we want to hear what the church has done because it's through the church that God wants to reach people. I hope that all of us are in love with the church. I want to be like the psalmist who in Psalm chapter 26, he says this. In Psalm chapter 26, I believe it's verse 8. He says, Lord, I love the house where you live. Come on, how many of us woke up this morning like, God, I can't wait to go to your house. I can't wait to go see your house. I can't wait to be in your presence. I can't wait to worship God. I love the house of the Lord. The place where your glory dwells. Look what he says in Psalm chapter 27. He says, one thing I ask from the Lord and this only do I seek that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life how good is that all the days of my life to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple I love the church I believe God is doing so much through the church I could spend hours talking about the church and we've done it for the past couple weeks we basically we can't stop it's been all about the mission and vision of our church I love it that God wants to use the church to reach people in Acts chapter 2, we see the church that just began. Here they are. They just started it. And on that first day, Peter stands up and 3,000 people get saved. Amazing start. What a way to start up a church. <laughs> 3,000 people in one day. It became a mega church from one minute to another. I mean, it's just 3,000 people. And here they start giving. Here they start growing. And here they start going. They start giving. It says they shared all the possessions so that if anybody was in need, they'll take care of one another. It's what Calvary does week in and week out. 
Every time we give our weekly giving, it goes to help people in need. We do this every single week. It says all of a sudden they started growing. God added to their number daily. And then we see that they started going. From the jump, they started going. They weren't a comfortable church. I love the early church. Here we see Peter and John. It looks like it's the very next day. Peter and John, they set out and they're going throughout the city. They're going to connect groups. They're going to homes. They're going to church. They're involved in their city. And here it says while they were on their way to church to worship and to pray, they, they run into a man that's begging for money. It says that this man had been lame from birth. He couldn't walk from the moment he was born. Maybe he was paralyzed. Who knows what condition he had. And the man is waiting for people to give him some money. But how many know that we have something that's way better than money? Come on. The man was waiting for some money. And, and he's looking at them. And he's wondering if he's going to get something in his hand. Little did he know he was about to get something in his soul. It says that Peter and John says, hey, look, look at us. The man looks at him. Looks at Peter and Peter says, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I'll give to you. Get up and walk in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Church, I want to tell you we have something that's better than silver. Come on, we have something better than gold. We have something better than whatever money could buy. It's the Son of God. It's Jesus Christ. It's the hope of all humanity. He's living in us. Come on, how many people are in need? Silver and gold would have helped out a temporary need, but Jesus came to fix an eternal need. You, you, know, what, you know what Peter and John, what they had the revelation of? is that this man, he didn't belong where he was. This man didn't, didn't belong at a gate begging. I want to share with you three quick things, and then we'll do our Heart for the House offering. Three quick things about a church that understands what it means to say, welcome home. The first thing that we have to understand is that we all have a home. We all have a home. Nobody's supposed to be misplaced. Nobody's supposed to be ostracized. Nobody's supposed to be left out. Nobody's supposed to be wandering physically or spiritually. Let's be the type of church that understands that all of us, we have a home. Where's home? Where's home? St. Augustine said, we are all anxious until our heart finds rest in him. Have you ever been anxious? And you all of a sudden, you just find some peace when you get home. Anybody love getting home? I think we all love going on vacation, but the way back from vacation is the worst thing ever. You actually come back more tired. You just can't wait to get home. Something about a home. How many people are wandering physically and spiritually, and what they need is a home? Some of us, some of us were, were lost without Jesus. Some of us, we, we, we didn't even deserve to be here this morning. Come on, we walked into a church, maybe this one, maybe one just like this one. We walked in lost, and one day we found a home in the Father's heart. Not a building, but we found our home in our Creator, in the God who made us, in the God who created us, in the God who has a purpose. Come on, he, he said, welcome home to so many of us. Can we be the type of church that we understand that everybody has a home in the Father's heart? Oh, Alex, what do you mean? That, that God wants to save the world? That's exactly what I mean. Oh, that God wants to reach all people? That's exactly what I mean. Oh, are you sure? It's every single human being. It is every single human being that exists, has existed, or will exist. God is in love with humanity. 
That's why I will never be a part of a church that's full of racism or classism or looks down on people because that's not the God that I serve. He's a lover of all people. He's a lover of all colors. He's a lover of all backgrounds. It's the God that I serve. It's the God who created. Come on, we're all children of God. And so all belong. All have a home in him. In fact, the Bible says that God is patient, wanting all to come and get saved. Look what the Bible says, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. It says, God isn't late with his promises as some measure lateness. He's restraining himself on account of you, holding back the end because he doesn't want anyone lost. He's giving everyone space and time to change. Are we the type of church that gives everyone space and time to change? That anyone can come in because all have a home. All have a home in the Creator. I told you, I've heard this before. People say, well, that person will never get saved. Don't put a limit on God, who God can reach. God can reach anyone. We all have a home. And the second thing is that we all are a home. We all are a home. I want you to know that you belong to a home. Not only are you in a home in the Father's heart, but you belong to a community that is a home. All of us together, we are a home. We're, we're a family. So many people, we treat church just like as something that we check off a list on a Sunday morning. Like, I, yeah, I went to church this morning. It was cute. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was all right. It was cute. Right. Forgetting that we're, we're actually part of something that God is building. We're, we're brothers and sisters. We're in this together. We're, we're, not, we're, not, we're not alone in life. That's why we tell people, get in a connect group. Get, get in a circle because life is meant to be lived this way. We're, we're all a home. It's not, about, it's not about the walls. It's not about the roof. This just holds the church on Sunday, but then the church goes out Monday through Saturday. Look what the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2. If we could put it up, I believe this is the message. It says, you're no longer wandering exiles. You're no longer lost. It says, this kingdom of faith is now your home country. You're no longer strangers. You're no longer outsiders. But you belong here with as much right to the name Christian as anyone. God is building a, a home. God is, God is building a home. And he's using us all, irrespective of how we got here and what he is building. I love, love what God says. He's using you and I. Another translation says, brick by brick, He's building us into a home. Every single time somebody raises their hand to follow Jesus, they're not part of this home that God is building. When you and I decided to follow Jesus, he, he now included us in this home. Anybody glad that not only we have a home, but we are a home? And all of us can stretch out our hands and all of us can say, welcome home. Last one, and I'll finish with this, number three. We all build a home. We all build a home. How many know that? A home without no love, a home without no sacrifice, a home without no effort is just a house. Remember that first day you moved into your house, an apartment or a condo? Me and Diana moved into our townhouse and it was just empty. It was, it was nothing. It's just four walls. But when you do a little sacrifice and you show some love, you can turn a house into a home. But it's going to take some sacrifice. 
All of us, we're a part of a community. We're a part of a family. We have a home in God. We are a home as a church, and we're going to build more homes so that more people can come in. We're never going to close our doors. We need more space. We're never going to stop. Our, our vision is always going to be greater than our resource. You know, last week at this service at 11 a.m., there was 100 people in overflow. I don't even know how they got 100 people in there. 100 people don't fit. It's crazy. There's no space. It's not how many sat in overflow before. Come on. It, we, need, we need more room. We're not going to stop. Why are we adding a service here at 6 p.m. at night on Sunday night soon? Because we need more room. Our 1 p.m. is growing. 9 a.m. is growing. What are we going to do? If you want to build a home, it's going to take sacrifice. If we want to be a church that impacts Miami, impacts our city, impacts the world, it's going to take some sacrifice, church. And I don't know about you, I don't ever want to come to my house without sacrifice. I don't ever want to come to God without sacrifice because I know that God loved me so much that he sacrificed his son for me. John chapter 3 verse 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. God loved you and I so much that he sacrificed his son. How can I come to God now with no sacrifice in my hands? It's a sacrifice. If he did everything to reach me and to bring me into his home, how can I not bring a sacrifice to God? The Bible says a story about David. David wanted to worship God, and he wanted to build God a place of worship. And he was dealing with the king, and he said, hey, hey, let me buy this place so I can build God a house and I can worship God. And the king said, hey, I'll give it to you for free. And in 2 Samuel chapter 24, verse 24, David says, I won't take it for free. Because I won't give God a sacrifice that is no sacrifice. I won't give to God something that costs me nothing. When we do hard for the house, we say this all the time, it's not about equal amounts, but it is about equal sacrifice. Somebody in here today, you, you might have come with $10, $50, $100. It doesn't matter, but that's a sacrifice to you. If you say, Alex, this is, I stepped out on a sacrifice. God is looking at the heart. He's not looking at the amount. Remember the, the lady that Jesus was looking at in the temple? She came with, with two, two mites, and she put it into the bin. And Jesus says, well, she gave more than anybody else because everybody else, they were giving out of what they had already. She gave out of what she didn't have. It's a sacrifice. Are we bringing a sacrifice? It hurts sometimes to bring a sacrifice, but when we understand everything that God has done for us, how can we not give him a sacrifice? Jesus is sitting in Luke chapter 7 with a group of Pharisees and religious people. And I call them haters all the time because that's all they did was hate. And uh, it says this, this girl comes in and she used to be a prostitute. And she begins to worship Jesus at his feet and she's crying at his feet. And she breaks a perfume that she had, which was very expensive. In fact, they say it's a year's worth of wages. And she breaks it open and she begins to spill it all over Jesus' feet. And the Pharisees are like thinking to themselves, how can Jesus allow this girl to even touch him? And Jesus knows their thoughts. Like Jesus knows our thoughts right now. And Jesus says, you don't understand, to whom much has been forgiven, much gratitude will come out of them. It's a sacrifice, but she, she knew what God had done in her life. He rescued me. He saved me. Come on, I would not have been here. My marriage was almost lost. My life was almost lost. But, but if not for Jesus, come on, where would I be this morning? Some of us, we need to begin to think, where would I be this morning without his love? Where would I be without his, his mercy and his grace? Come on, that he extended his hand for me. My heart is in this house, and I, 
I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sacrifice what I can. We're going to step out in faith. The kingdom of God advances by sacrifice. By sacrifice. Some of us, we, we, we might take it lightly, but what we forget is that people have died so that we can understand this today. The first one, Jesus died for you and I. You know, October 31st, in two days, 500 years, 521 years ago was when Martin Luther went and he put the 95 Thesis on the door. As a reformer, he started the Reformation movement, risking his life so that you and I can understand the gospel. And so that we can understand it's not by works, but it's by faith. The Bible that we hold in our hands, the Bible that we have on our iPhone, the Bible that we have in our laptops, the Bible that maybe we don't read. Come on, I've been guilty of it, that we just put it somewhere. And we're just like, it's just the Bible. Men sacrificed their lives so that you and I could have the Bible in our hands. Martin Luther decided to translate it from the Latin to the German so that the German people could understand. And he says, no, everybody should have access to the Word of God. Everybody should see how good and how awesome God is. And that motivated, that motivated other men to say, I'll sacrifice this because the gospel has to go out. And then you have men like William Tyndale in the 1500s who said, I'll grab the Bible and I'm going to translate it in English. And he was persecuted by the religious people. And he ended up going into hiding and he had to leave his home country. And he said for 12 years he lived in hiding, translating the Bible so that we could understand it in English. When they found him, they tied him to a cross, they put a noose around his neck, and they hung him at the cross. And then they burned him alive. Men of God who have given their lives so that you and I can know the gospel. It takes sacrifice to move the kingdom forward. Church, if men and women have given their lives so that the gospel could go forward, what's the church going to do today so that the next generation will know his name? It's going to take some sacrifice. It's going to take some effort. It's going to take us stepping out in faith and say, God, I'll risk it all for you. God, I'll risk my life. I'll, I'll invest my time. I'll invest my gifts. I'll invest my talents. I'll invest my, my finances. This is it. It's our heart for the house. Today, want us to have that welcome home mentality and say we'll do it all so that people can come and find a home. A home in him, a home amongst us, and a home in eternity. Anybody believe that? Come on, anybody love Jesus this morning? Come on, with eyes closed. With eyes closed and head bowed all over this place. Maybe you're in here today and, and you just walked in here for the first or second time. You're visiting us and you say, Alex, I have no idea who God is. I'm far from God. I've made mistake after mistake. I'm full of shame. I'm full of guilt. I've done stuff that nobody knows. I'm here to tell you God knows everything you've done and he loves you still. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. In fact, there's no coincidence that you're here this morning. God wanted you to be here because he wanted you to know how much he loves you. The Bible says all of us are sinners and our sin separates us from God. You and I are sinners. We're not perfect. Nobody's perfect. I've sinned. You've sinned. We've lied. We've cheated. We've stolen. We've thought bad things. And sin separates us from God. But God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son, Jesus. Jesus came and he grabbed my sin, your sin, all of our flaws, all of our mistakes. And the Bible says that he carried them to a cross. 
And there on the cross, he paid the penalty for our sin. Jesus died on that cross for you and for me. Then he went down to a grave. And the Bible says that he was dead for three days. But after three days, Jesus Christ, he resurrected. He's alive. He's the hope of humanity. He's the peace that you've been looking for. He's the answer that you've been searching for. Jesus, today he's the answer. While every eye is closed, while every head is bowed for privacy and concentration. If you're in here today. And you're saying, Alex, I need God in my life. Alex, I'm tired of the way I'm living life. I, I don't want to keep making mistakes. I, I'm in too deep. I don't feel like anybody can help me. I'm going to tell you, Jesus can help you. The Bible says, today's the day of salvation. Tomorrow's promise for no one. I'm going to give you an opportunity today to begin a relationship with God. The Bible says, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. As the church is praying, come on, as everybody's praying, team leaders praying, come on, pastors, staff, everybody praying. If you're here today and you say, Alex, I need Jesus, I'm going to count to three. And at the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. I just want you to hold it up for three to five seconds. I'm just going to see you. It's just an outside sign of something that's happening in your heart. As soon as I see you, you can put it right back down. If that's you, raise your hand at the count of three. One, two, three. Amazing, amazing. Hands raised up everywhere. Hold them up. Hold them up so I can see. I see you. 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 God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Anybody else? You raise your hand. If you see today, I'm coming home. Come home. Anybody else? You raise your hand wherever you're at. If you say today, I need a relationship with God. If you're listening online, listening on the radio, or on the overflow, you raise your hand there as well. I'm going to say a simple prayer, and I want all of you that raise your hand to repeat this prayer with me. In fact, the whole church, we're going to say it out loud. Say, Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for this opportunity. I admit that I'm a sinner and that my sin separates me from you. Jesus, I believe you're the son of God, that you died for my sins. And on the third day, you resurrected. Come on, somebody say, Jesus, I believe you're my Lord and my Savior. From today on, I'm forgiven, I'm saved, and I'm healed. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you so much. Come on, Calvary. Can we welcome them home? Come on. Can we give them a big hand? We hope today's message has encouraged you. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel or visit us at calvaryconnect.com for more information. Till next time.